Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello there. (laughs) I want to say good morning because usually I'm in my home in Los Angeles, oftentimes in my bathrobe, which you can't see through the magic of radio. And uh, But today I'm still in Greece where I've been for the last few weeks. And uh, I think this is the third show or fourth show that I've done from Greece. And uh, now I'm in the city of Athens, so I've had a few days here. It's been uh, just quite lovely. I went to uh, Corinth, the Temple of Apollo there. Corinth, remember Paul and uh, the the Corinthians? Uh, and uh, one of my favorite quotes from the Bible is from Corinthians. Uh, love is patient, love is kind, etc., and then I went to Delphi, where the Oracle of Delphi was uh, the center of, gosh, the intelligent universe for uh, some time, uh, thousands of years ago. And now today I got to visit the Acropolis. And it's been wonderful visiting the sacred sites of ancient Greece and uh, Possibly doing a retreat here next September. We'll see. We'll see in those negotiations. So let us not delay for one more second. Let's place our hand on our heart and let us say a prayer. And I have a a wonderful guest today, Nick Davis. I'm going to introduce him uh, here just before we do our prayer. Are you there, Nick? Yes. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Yes. (laughs) It's it's raining here and you're in the sunshine. It's not lovely. I, yeah, I am. We had thunder and lightning last night. It's sunny now, and uh, you're 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 near Oxford, England. That's right. Not too far away, and it's near the centre of the country. But we're 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 experiencing rain showers, and it's getting cooler. Uh, so I'm I'm quite uh, admiring of your lovely sunshine that you've been enjoying. Yeah, yeah, it's really been just the spectacular, perfect weather. Mm. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Nick Davis, he was uh, the teacher in Living a Course Miracles classes last week. We had a fantastic response from your about your class, Nick, and uh, people from all over letting me know they really appreciated the clarity with which you taught that class, and uh, so many of the advanced students in my classes really appreciating your wisdom, your clarity, your sense of humor, and. Uh, you've, you're, we're gonna, we're gonna say our prayer here and then, uh, we'll, we'll get into, uh, things with Nick here. So I invite everyone to take that breath of love and gratitude and we place our hand on our heart and we give thanks. Love and gratitude is our spiritual practice. So we're choosing to be loving. We're choosing to be grateful. Grateful that we can learn anything at all. Grateful that we can remember to choose love. So we take this breath 
and we anchor into this awareness that the truth of our life is God is our very life because we are the life of God. We are the heart and mind of God. Our life is the life of God, and we're grateful that this is so, and that this can never change no matter what we have chosen, no matter what has been our experience. The perfection of divine love is all that we are and all that we ever will be. So we're renewing our mind, transforming our mind through a deep spiritual practice of choosing love and gratitude. And taking this holy breath, we center into that awareness and we consciously extend this love, share it with everyone because we're one with them. So we're grateful to share our learning, our insights, and our gratitude with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So, for those who uh, might not be familiar with Nick Davis, our guest this week, he is the author of a newly published book entitled An Invitation to the Awakening Heart, The Communing with the Inner Teacher, uh, which is one of our basic fundamental joys, this awakening heart and the opportunity to commune with the inner teacher is always available to us though sometimes we say not now (laughs) (laughs) no thank you inner teacher (laughs) i don't want to commune with you now but uh uh i and i love what you say about your book that it's a dedication and invitation to really live a course of miracles and to connect with that inner teacher and i don't know about you nick because we both have this science of mind background but one of the the phrases that i got from somewhere in my science of mind teaching was the inner knower who knows yeah and yeah so that's kind of what i call the teacher within the knower who knows yeah and um i'll just say something about that because ernest Holmes said that we we don't just want to know the truth we want to know that we know. And that's mm-hmm. another level, really. It's another level of experience. And uh, that's what the inner teacher brings to us. The, the, the one that knows that he knows. Uh, and in the course, it talks about teachers of teachers. And uh, I'm, I'm a worldly teacher, but there is a teacher of teachers who knows that he knows. And that's a, a lovely level, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I think the the Holy Spirit was guiding me there when I was saying how so often it can be that we do not wish to commune with the inner teacher. We wish to, uh, if we're identified with the ego, very often we'll choose to deny or be like a little kid with our fingers in our ears going, na 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 So... I, I, I think it, you are an expert on this connection with that inner voice. And one of the things that, it, one of the questions I get most often is, how do you know if it's the voice of the ego or the voice of the spirit? Well, that's, uh, 
that's a question that uh, comes from the heart rather than the head, really. And um, what happens when listening to the inner teacher is this huge experience of peace and well-being and love. And it's that quality that confirms the source of the voice. The, uh, whenever the ego speaks, there is this jangling of nerves, really, and this sense of guilt that leaves a conflict in the heart and in the, in, in the feeling center of our being. So the, the, when we do experience the voice of the inner teacher, the voice of the Holy Spirit, then it produces this wonderful feeling. And to me, that's kind of quite addictive in a way, is that when, when I felt this peace from listening, I want to go back to it. I want to enjoy a bit more of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose uh, the, the starting point for me, and I prob- I'd like to talk a little bit about the beginning, because this might help people who are uh, you know, learning to, to listen, was that what happened with me was uh, in the science of mind, in the groups there, we were always uh, asked to do prayers at the beginning of the, the groups. The practitioners, those who were um, moving on from being first-year students, would be asked to open up the evening. And so mm. in, the begin- in the beginning, I would, I would write something out in longhand, a prayer um, of opening, and, uh, and then I'd read it and and my teacher, Nora, used to say, the, the only problem with your reading it, Nick, is there's a rustling of paper every time you're talking. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll memorize my prayer, and, uh, and then I'll come in and do it from memory. So I'd, after a few weeks, I'd do that, a memorized prayer at the beginning. But after many months of doing my memorized prayers, I arrived one evening and uh, didn't think I was supposed to do the opening prayer and was caught on the hop. And so I started my prayer, and for a moment, I was lost for words. I lost my way. And then suddenly, the thoughts came into my head, and the words started to flow into my mind, into the prayer. And for the first time, I was sharing an inspired prayer rather than a prepared prayer, one Mm -hmm. that had been been worked on beforehand and that was the beginnings of my first link with the holy spirit that the prayer the the one praying was being prayed through rather Mm -hmm. than than praying themselves and this has been my practice from now on is that the prayer arrives as i'm praying rather than ever thinking what am i going to pray am i going to use one of my stop prayers they flow into my mind. They flow into my mind. So that was the beginning of it. And then as I went on, the, the practice of listening increased from the prayer to being able to listen to the thoughts that were flowing into my mind. And then either I'd write them down or I'd, uh, I'd talk them straight into communication with those listening. It's interesting how that transition happens i know in my classes i teach about prayer and affirmative prayer similar to what i was taught in science of mind but also different Mm. and uh it's it's so often that when people are starting i'll i'll invite them to pray out loud and they oh no no i i can't do that i can't do that and uh, there's that sense of 
their prayer might not be good enough. Yes, yes. Well, you know, one of the things I still do is pray out loud in the mornings. And my family have got used to me. I'm up early anyway, and (laughs) they're up in their beds. But they'll hear me doing the prayers because I, I find that by listening to my own voice, Mm-hmm. I will hear some ideas come through. So now I, I sense that my voice is being used by the Holy Spirit. And it's quite interesting in the Course of Miracles, it says the Holy Spirit, you know, the God's voice is your voice, is your voice, it says. And uh, so my voice, I listen to my own voice, voicing the prayer and, and linking with the, the inspiration of the moment. And so every morning I do that, and then I go into my stillness time, and, and I can't uh, emphasize how important the stillness is. This is probably where my successful connection with the Spirit has come, is my ability to keep the body still for 20 minutes, and then in that concentration of keeping the body still, allow the thoughts to, to become silent, and then from the silence, from that stillness, the emanation of the voice of the Holy Spirit begins. So I, I encourage that, and it may take, for me it took about two years of practicing the 20 minutes of stillness before the link really became profound and, and connected. So we do it, we do the practice, perhaps without any results for many, 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 many weeks, many months yeah. maybe, and then suddenly it's there and we started on that journey. And the other thing I want to share is that in 1998, well, before I say that, one of the things that I do every year is I pick a particular word to focus on, a quality to focus on for a whole year. So from the beginnings of my teachers, I always made it a practice to pick a word. And in 1998, I picked the word listening as my my whole practice for the year. I would listen to people more intently than I was listening to in my counseling sessions. I'd listen to Anne, my wife, more intently, my children more intently. I would listen to the cats purr more intently. I'd listen to the sound (laughs) of the wind in the trees more intently. And I would listen more intently to my thoughts. And that year was the year of my greatest improvement of my life. And then the following year, I tuned in again to the Holy Spirit and said, what, what's going to be my practice this year? What's my word for the year? And the clear as a bell, it came through, listening. And so I did mm. another year of listening. And then in the third year, it came again, listening. And I realized that the capacity to listen can be increased every year, increased all the time. We can deepen and deepen that practice. You know, one of the things you said about closing, uh, you know, we, we close our ears to, to the spirit and have a tantrum, you know, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen. The, the course kind of says we, all that's happened is we closed our eyes and we closed our ears to God, to reality. It was still present, but we played a game that it wasn't there. We just closed our eyes and ears. And so all that listening is, is a reopening of the original channel of communication that we had with God in the beginning. It's a reopening of that, that we've decided 
to shut off. Why did we shut it off? Well, that old, old thing, that guilt. We felt that we were guilty and felt that we couldn't speak to our creator anymore. And uh, maybe it's like we, we expect a parent to tell us off if we, we speak to them, if we phone them up or go and see them at some stage. So we avoid that connection. We avoid phoning them because we know we're going to get told off. Well, one of the things we awaken to when we do A Course in Miracles is that the God, reality, truth is not going to tell us off. It's going to say something like, I've missed you. <laughs> Where have you been? I love you. And, uh, and don't forget that again. So when we reopen the channel of listening, we start to hear the most beautiful sounds and the most beautiful voice. And as I say, it becomes addictive. I can't go a day without listening to that voice. I can't, I can't listen without it. Some people love the radio, don't they? And they love, they love music. Right. And they can't right. go a day without music. So you know, a day without music is like a day without sunshine. Well, a, a day without the voice, for me, is like a day without sunshine. Yeah, it's interesting. A, a friend of mine here that uh, has been taking me around uh, here in Greece uh, is astonished that I am not paying attention to what's happening in the news and things in my own country. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm basically I'm tuned to a different frequency, a frequency that has to do with uh, what, what I'm to do and what I'm interested in and and that's that flow of love and one of the you know i really appreciate what you're saying and the way you articulate it nick because what i'm hearing is it really is so true that our willingness is all that's required so if we're willing to sit and listen to that invitation of the spirit it will begin speaking to us. We will begin hearing it. We'll begin uh, to be... I, I, if, to me, it feels like purification and cleansing. And we just sit there. If we cannot judge it, if we cannot judge our attentiveness, if we cannot judge our, our willingness even, but just to be there like an appointment where you're there for your healing and you're going to show up no matter what. And, you know, in, in the workbook, Jesus basically says, you don't have to do anything. Just don't, just read the lessons, do the practices. I will do the rest of it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about this after the break right now. I, I need to do nothing, but I must go to the break. Uh, you can hear the music there. So I'm, I'm talking with Nick Davis. He is my guest, and he is the author of An Invitation to the Awakening Heart. An Invitation to the Awakening Heart just came out. You can get it at Amazon.com and places like that. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we are dedicating ourselves to live in the love and walk in the talk, and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. 
I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm back here with my guest, author Nick Davis. And Nick is the author of the recently released book, An Invitation to the Awakening Heart, uh, which is all about awakening to the teacher within uh, through the study of A Course in Miracles. And Nick and I, we have something in common, which is we both came to A Course in Miracles after studying the teachings of Ernest Holmes. So we've been in New Thought teachings for a long time. And Nick was the teacher last week in the Living a Course in Miracles classes, which were, it was just a wonderful week. It was so deep and so beautiful, so crystal clear. So many people wrote to me about that, and I appreciate you for that, Nick. I, uh, as I shared, I was so impressed when you spoke at the Course in Miracles conference in Birmingham last May, and I was so glad that I was there. I think that's the main reason, seriously, why I went to the conference was to hear you speak. And oh, uh, yeah, you. no, yeah, seriously, I, oh. you know, Spirit said to me to go, and I wasn't really sure because I wasn't speaking at the conference, and I knew I was going to connect with some of the wonderful students who are in my. Finding Freedom in my Masterful Living class, but I, I think it was also very much about getting to hear you speak and oh. and to share what you're offering with people who might, especially in America, who might uh, otherwise uh, easily find you or be introduced to you and uh, what you're doing at the Center for Inner Peace. And I'm going to give your website, and as you shared with me earlier, it's important to spell it. So yes. actually, why don't you tell us what your website is? Yes, so it is centerforinnerpeace.co.uk, and center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. That's the English spelling of center. So uh, try that or centerforinnerpeace.com works as well. So both those should get you through to our website. Yeah, so if you're in the UK, uh, Nick and his wife have a center there and they do all kinds of Course in Miracles gatherings and they also do one-on-one -on -one individual counseling and we all know how beneficial that can be. I... Um, I want to mention, too, before I forget, because sometimes I forget my own little announcements, I am going to be in a number of places in October. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be leaving Greece tomorrow, and I go to London. I'm going to be doing uh, workshops in Oxford, Birmingham, and London uh, in October, and all that information is on jenniferhadley.com, the events page. You can click through. I'm also going to be in New York, New York City and Manhattan in October, and also in Maryland in October, doing a bunch of workshops in October in England, New York City, and Maryland. So please come see me. They're all very low-cost events, and uh, we're going to do some real deep work I, I that's that's how i roll so please come join me i, I was going to tell you nick uh this story you'll appreciate this so when i first started out as a meditator uh i would often nod off fall asleep be distracted or uh after a few minutes realize um you know i, I have some email to answer or something else that's more important and uh it was very challenging for me just to keep my 
bottom velcroed to the chair. <laughs> and uh, when uh, in the 90s, I started taking classes at Agape and studying meditation there, I, I really felt like I could not have an inhalation and an exhalation, a cycle of breath without the monkey mind chattering away. And I remember in particular, I went on a meditation retreat with Michael Beckwith, and it was like inside my head, it was just just like that the whole weekend. And I thought, wow, we're sitting in this room, nobody is speaking for the entire weekend, and yet it's so loud inside my head, it's unbelievable. And uh, I, I really said at the time, I'm so glad that I'm starting at this place because years from now, I will be able to tell people I, I shifted that. Mm-hmm. And they will know by the tenor of my voice that I really had to uh, take it step by step and that I started from where they started from. And so they'll realize, oh, if she did it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, one year I was at a, I think it was a Easter, uh, Good Friday day long meditation thing where people would come in for sittings during the day at Agape and, uh, the founded by Michael Beckwith. And I was sitting there in meditation and I, I felt someone come in and sit in the row in front of me in the sanctuary. And after 20 minutes or so, in this, in the darkened sanctuary, I opened my eyes just to look around the room and take a, a, a moment's breath. And in front of me was sitting Michael Beckwith and he oh, was, wow. he, he, yeah, and he was, mm. he was sleeping. And, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, he just, he was sitting there to be meditating, but his, he was nodding his head forward with his chin on his chest, clearly sleeping. And, yeah. uh, and I, Literally in the dark, in the silence, I threw my hands up in the air and I just silently did a yes, yes. Even my teacher falls asleep in meditation. It's okay. I'm okay. So, uh, yeah. Yes. The ego certainly will, will try and get us to sleep. It's, that's its, one of its main, main things, <laughs> the main tools. It, it gets us to sleep. <laughs> it takes me back, you know, when I started, um, meditating it it took me two years really to to get to some stillness and i remember in the, those early days i'd close my eyes into the, the silence and in the in the group with my teacher and i'd be thinking oh yes i better fix that on the car and uh, oh yeah i've got that bill to pay and uh, oh, i didn't like what so-and-so said to me yesterday and all the thoughts of the world would flood in but gradually um i i stuck with it and then, interestingly, towards the end of the two years, I found that I got to a barrier in my mind. I'd mm. come to this barrier, and I called it the door. And I, every week, I would get to the door, but couldn't go through it. The door was there. And uh, I shared this with Nora, my teacher. I said, look, I've come to this door in my mind, this doorway, and I can't go through it. And she looked at me, and this, this was a breakthrough for me. She looked at me and she said, Nick, you're already the other side. <laughs> you're already the other side. And yes. that just 
just that statement, just the realization of it, was, oh my goodness, the ego's tricked me into thinking that I've got to go through this door when in fact I'm already through it. You see, yes. once we realize that there is only one mind and that our minds are part of this one mind, there is no, there is no barrier. The thought that there is a, a difference between our mind and the mind of God is a barrier that, that stops us simply walking through that door. Uh, and we don't have to walk through it, really. It's, it's just a thought barrier. So that was a huge shift after two years. And suddenly, that's when things really opened up for me. And what I want to say about the silence is that we, we essentially are receptors. Our bodies, even our bodies, are receptors. Like, you know, we have our radios and our TVs in, the, in our sitting rooms. And these are receivers. They receive radio waves. They receive, the air, through the airwaves, these transmissions. Mm-hmm. And there is, a, there is a transmitter somewhere, we don't know where it is, somewhere in the distance, and it's transmitting, and we've got these receivers. Now, in the same way, our, our body is a receiver. It's a receiver of transmissions. Now, in the old days, before the, the, this high-tech stuff that we have nowadays, if we were listening to the radio, we'd have to keep adjusting the dials to get a clear connection. You know, we get all this white mm-hmm. noise particularly on, in car radios, if you remember a little while back, the car radios would suddenly get distorted. Well, in a way, what the practice for us is to refine our, our listening skills as, uh, as a receiver. We're adjusting the receiver until the white noise goes away. And you talk, called it the monkey mind. Until the monkey mind starts to disappear into the background, and then we get a clear sense of a transmission. And one of the things that we have to do to get these tr- transmissions is to decide what we want to hear. You know, there are a huge number of radio stations. There are loads of them all transmitting through the airways. Right. We've got to say, what do I want to hear today? Do I want to hear celestial music? Because I've got to turn to the celestial music channel in my mind if I want to hear that. Do I want to hear something... Uh, really beautiful that's just going to reassure me that I'm a perfect child of God. Do I want that? Do I want to tune into that channel? Do I want something really practical, a practical channel? So in inviting the question, we will receive the transmission that meets that question. So it's very important to enter into the communion with the inner teacher with a, a request in a way. Can you help me understand more deeply what the atonement means would be a really good question to ask the Holy Spirit. And then we'll receive some teachings. Uh, You know, it's a bit like stopping, you're driving around in your car and you think, I need some directions. And you stop stop by this person who's walking on the side of the road and you say, could you give me some directions, please? And the person says, yeah, I know the area very well. Well, could you give me some directions, some guidance? And the person says, yeah, of course I can give you some guidance. And eventually, <laughs> the person will say, where do you want to go? <laughs> where, where do you want to get to? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. He can't kind of tell us where to go without asking. We're we asking what we, where we want to go and what we want to hear. So writing a question down or verbalizing a question is really important. 
I do it with the book. I do it with the, the, the text all the time with A Course in Miracles. I go, could you explain to me what that means? Because some of it's, you know, very difficult to understand. So I actually verbalize it. What does that mean? If I'm reading other books too, you know, if I'm perhaps reading Gary Renard's book, I might say, Gary, could you explain what this means, please, to me? And I've done that with books now for a number of years. I've spoken to the author in my mind and said, could you explain this? And that's, I think that's helped with the depth of listening, is being really clear to say, what does that mean? When a word comes up, you know, we're in, skate over the word, skate over what it says. You know, yeah. uh, the only responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. Wow, what a wonderful statement. But what does it mean, Jennifer? What does it mean? <laughs> I want to know what that means. I want to know exactly what that means. It means, partly means, and this is one of the answers to that question, is I must accept my own invulnerability before I can help anyone else to see their invulnerability. If I think that I'm in danger mm. and I'm in fear in this world and that I'm in some way going to be harmed in this world, I'm not going to be a lot of help with the atonement. I've got to come from the sense that I am a spiritual being, an infinite mind of infinite power, and coming from that angle, I can be truly helpful. I can, I'm then a miracle worker. But if I think I'm vulnerable or, or a little body hanging, clinging onto the side of the planet, I haven't accepted the atonement for myself, and therefore I can't be a miracle worker. So we've got to ask these questions. What does that mean? When we get to a, get to a lesson in the course, you know, um, this week our group is looking at um, miracles are seen in light, and light and strength are one. I go, this is where I go, okay, what does, what does it mean? What's light? What's this light that the course is talking about? What's a miracle? What's, what does it mean by a miracle? I want to know the answers to these questions. And as soon as they're voiced, then the listening begins and the thoughts start to flow in my mind and I'm connecting with the one that knows the answers, the teacher of teachers. So that's, you know, that's the, the clarity of it comes with the clarity of the question. What do you want to know? It's quite amazing to me how... The, the, the whole process really is this, I call it a process of elimination to reveal the illumination. So it's just like A Course in Miracles talks about the clouds that block the, the light of the sun in our awareness. We're simply releasing the interest, the attachment to those clouds to those thoughts that are like storm clouds that we seem to love and are so entertained by and we think can be so important and valuable and the more that we disconnect from being interested in them the more all that's revealed is the truth and really whatever could be known anywhere is known by our mind and we, the, we start to see and feel this is actually true. Yes, I, I'd love to say something about that, really. You see, the, the word concentration, which is often used for meditation, 
mm-hmm. uh, is not about concentrating on things and thoughts and, and all those sort of things. One, one of the tendencies of the mind, because of the underlying lack, is we believe that uh, improving our minds is to fill it with more information, fill it with more knowledge, fill it with more understanding. Uh, the course and concentration work very differently. It's what you take out of the mind that improves the quality of your mind. So to concenter the mind, to bring the mind to a center, is to remove everything that's extraneous, to take out of the mind. And so this word undoing, atonement, which is another definition of it, undoing, is the undoing of thought so that we can become more concentrated and clearer and clearer. This is, you know, people use this phrase, less is more. Without a doubt, less content in the mind brings more concentration, more ability to focus and gain clarity. So we're removing stuff from the mind rather than filling the mind with stuff. Uh, the tendency, of course, is for us to, to think we need more. We need more. It's so interesting in this country that one of the most successful insurance companies is more that. You know, here, oh, that's, that's great. I'll have that. That's, that's the one I want because it's more than. And so we, <laughs> we, we look for teachings that offer more than, more than the last one. And, and more is better is the, the whole sort of um, mantra of this world. But in fact, it's the move undoing, taking away that improves the quality of our thought, quality of Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, and you remind me that one of my constant sharings is how I finally got that I had been pursuing an intellectual understanding of spiritual teachings, which really wasn't helping me at all because it was actually reinforcing the ego. And so for me, uh, releasing that whole intellectual pursuit of spiritual studies, the less is more approach has been the one that has really worked for me and i'm sure we will talk more about this after the break i'm jennifer hadley and my guest this week is author nick davis and you are listening to a course in miracles where we are living the love we're walking the talk and we'll be back right here on unity online radio Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul. How to live a life of integrity in Soul Vows. And discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your soul wants five things. 
Tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So we're back again. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and my guest is author Nick Davis. We're talking about the awakening heart and consciously connecting and communing with the knower who knows, the wisdom keeper within. And I'm just listening here. I I feel like there's a question that was just going to pop in, and... uh, we started off talking with uh, regarding this you know it takes takes quite a commitment to open the mind open the heart to to be a good listener to the spirit and one of the things that I feel is really valuable in fact I was talking about this in the homework class last week following your class uh in Living a Course in Miracles, Nick, and that is that through spiritual practice, which is what this communion, this daily communion time is, through that spiritual practice, we actually begin to feel worthy. And it is that ever-increasing sense of worthiness that helps us actually receive clearly the this listening this uh these messages this communion yes without a doubt you know that one of the first things we've got to hear is that we are loved we've got to hear what jesus kind of kind of heard on the banks of the river jordan you are my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased so when when that comes about there's a huge shift in uh, our self-esteem we 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 no longer require the world to tell us that we're wonderful we've heard it direct from the source and uh, when you've heard it from the source from from god's voice you don't seek a second opinion anymore that's that's good enough so that's a great start but i want to want to just talk that about the fear that i had about accepting the inner voice and it may be a fear that many people have one mm-hmm. of the things 
one of the things I was worried about, and, and people suggested I might like to go and see a hypnotist at one time. And I, my thought was, I'm not going to let anyone in my mind, for goodness sake. You know, am I going to allow some person to put my, me to sleep, my consciousness to sleep, and then have access to my mind? And that was a, a deep fear for me. I thought, well, I'm, not, I'm never going to do that. I remember going to one of these stage shows, and they, they called me up, and I thought, I'm not going to let this man hypnotize me. No way. I'm going to show that I've got a very powerful mind, and I can keep him out. And so I did so. I stood on the stage, and I kept his hypnotic suggestions uh, away from me while others accepted them. So I had this fundamental fear that letting another mind have access to my mind was, was not the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, gr- but gradually, I realized that that's what's happened to me, that this mind, which is the Holy Spirit mind, Jesus' mind, the mind that's referred to in Philippians as, the, you know, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in your mind. That mind, if I allow it into my mind by communicating to me, it gradually, gradually blends with my own consciousness. And I find that my consciousness is becoming like that consciousness, which saves an enormous amount of time and learning. Because now the thoughts that are in the mind of Jesus, the thoughts that are in the mind of the Holy Spirit, are becoming my thoughts. It feels like I know that experience. I feel I know what he's talking about because his consciousness now is blending with mine. And it's a wonderful feeling. And I know that when I'm in my groups and I'm in the flow of communicating and talking, that I feel I know everything that that Holy Spirit knows. It's that, Mm. and I know that I know in that moment. And sometimes people say, how do you know that? And I just say, well, in this moment, I know that I know. Maybe not when I'm making a cup of tea downstairs, or maybe not when I'm, I'm having dinner or, or watching the television, <laughs> but in this moment, because my mind has blended with this mind that's been given to us by God to bring us home, I know that I know. And it's such a wonderful feeling, that, that, that knowing. And so that I would say now that I know that I'm loved. I know that I know that I'm loved by this presence. And, and I can hear it at will. I can turn within in, in the silence in the morning, and it's probably my first practice is, come on, tell me how much you love me. Tell me. Tell me, <laughs> tell me the truth of how much you love me. And it, it's amazing how many ways the, the beloved Holy Spirit can tell me I'm loved. It's amazing. Sometimes he says things like, you're loved more than the universe itself more than all of some of the stars that make up the universe of universes. He, he, is, he is so such a gorgeous person to listen to because he reassures of that infinite love that is there for us, his beloved creation. And that's more important than anything else. You know, I can bathe in that and, uh, and stay in that for 20 minutes with absolute ease. Sometimes particularly on the Sunday when I've got more time in the house, the house is quieter and I get up early and the children stay in bed and my wife stays in bed longer. I'll have a whole hour of it. It's like the luxury of the week. Yes. It's my, my, my favorite hour of the week. 
if I have a complete hour of listening, listening to the Spirit. So it's, it's been a wonderful journey to get to that. But it starts, I think it starts with the invitation, which is where my book title comes from. A part of us has to invite it. You know, we have to say, come on in, come and speak to me. I'm willing to listen. I'm open now to hearing another voice other than that pesky ego that's been talking to me all my life. Come on in. And we make a quiet place in the mind, like a little meditation sanctuary that we have in our mind, and say, come on in and sit down and talk to me, because I'm listening. As Frazier said, if you ever watch Frazier, do you watch Frazier? Or have you, you know <laughs> that don't. one? I He started yeah. his radio show and he would say, I'm listening. And, uh, and that's the way <laughs> I start my, my morning meditation. Okay, I'm listening. Beautiful. You know, you, you remind me, Nick, that uh, many times students have asked me about starting a practice of meditation and communion. And uh, I say, just stay with it with an open mind. What will happen is there's a tipping point and you go from struggling to stay in the chair and keep the commitment to that feeling that you have when you're in bed with your lover and you're naked and you're so cozy and warm and cuddled up together and you don't want to move and you think just five more minutes, ten more minutes. If I could just have another 20 minutes of this, it would be mana from heaven. It, it does. And you're talking about your Sunday morning. That's, that's exactly what happens. Yes, it does. Yes. It is so the you, greatest love affair, really. It's the greatest love affair there is. And, and the thing is, is we don't have to make it happen. We simply allow it to happen. And until we are feeling worthy, we yeah. won't allow it to happen. So it's just, we just keep sitting there until we feel worthy. It will come and you don't have to do anything. The spirit will do all the heavy lifting. Right. The course is, the lessons are, are that. We do the lessons. And it tells us who we are again and again and again until we get it. We're not a body. We are these beautiful, magnificent minds that God has created in his image and likeness. We get it. So stick with the lessons and uh, eventually the conviction comes. It does. It does. So uh, I want to ask you, Nick, to please uh, tell us your website again. So www.centerforinnerpeace.com and center spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. And Nick Davis is the author of the book, An Invitation to the Awakening Heart, Communing with the Inner Teacher. So if this communion is something that you're interested in cultivating, I encourage you to get Nick's book. It's available at Amazon.com and uh, here in, uh, well, here I'm in Greece, but in the United States or in uh, the UK and, and many other places. 
And we're wrapping up here. Boy, it happens so fast. I can't believe it. And uh, I would like to let everyone know that if you are feeling unworthy, a, a lot of it comes, as we know uh, from studying A Course in Miracles, comes from unforgiveness. It comes from being judgmental, angry, resentful. We've, we then feel unworthy of our divinity. And one of the answers for us is that doing that forgiveness work and a lot of times we think we've done it but we really haven't and i just want to mention to you on my website jenniferhadley.com on the home page you will find uh the free how to get over it it's if you have a friend who's having trouble getting over something please send them to jenniferhadley.com to get all those tools totally for free about how to get over it. And then if you're part of Living a Course in Miracles or even if you're not, you can join us this week. Reverend Tony Ponticello is our teacher and our topic is Achieving Peace, How to Get There Now. And right now we're going to place our hand on our heart and give thanks. We're giving thanks for the life of Nick Davis and his deep spiritual practice, which is our it's the voice of spirit for us right now and we're accepting that we're accepting that the teacher is within and we are worthy of it the kingdom is within we're claiming our inheritance right here and right now we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in grace and gratitude we let it be and so it is thank you nick davis thank you so much for joining me this week Thank you so much for inviting me, Jennifer. Thank you. God bless everybody.